Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Growing up as a little boy, I was raised uh, somewhat patriotic. We celebrated all the patriotic days we should. My dad served in the Army, nothing other than conflict. But there's been certain people in my life that has helped remind me of the price paid so you and I can be free. Um, I'm not going to be real solemn today. I'm not going to be up here and, and uh, say something I think that would uh, put shame on you or me, but I just want to remind us that the parallel of what went on there is where the church is today. Church, if we don't come together with allies to push against darkness, there'll be a video about us one day, but it won't end well. I'm talking about America. I'm talking about America. Those strangers, those crosses, and those Jewish stars, they're strangers to me, but they died for my freedom. So my children can go to college wherever they want to or choose not to go to college. I can start a business or I cannot start a business. I can vote for people, men or women, who I think are called with the cause of Christ to represent us in our local, state, and federal positions of government. Because a stranger died for me, and they didn't come home. And we had a stranger die for us. His name was Jesus. How many say amen? amen? And while we were yet what? Sinners? He died for us? And I'm, I'm, I'm believing for an awakening for the church. I said awakening for the church. Where people are all in again. Where people are bought in with everything they have. Their skills, their talents, their treasures. And they live to serve the Lord Jesus and push against darkness for this last push and this last victory for Christ in the earth. I just got stirred up. And I'll tell you, I've got family that served in in all different places and all skirmishes, but there's one man that always stirs me about our past and our future, and it's Sandy Woolhoy. He always reminds me of anniversaries and days and because he was in the middle of a skirmish. He was in Korea. He was, I mean, here has served or had a family member serve in battle. I mean, they were all involved. And to many of us, you know, they're strangers. But I just want to encourage you today. We have a, gr- a very bright future today if we'll all bear arms. Bear arms of what the Word says and take our place in this battle. For these here. And you know what? I want to apologize to some of you, little, all you little kids, because here's the truth. They don't teach history anymore like we got history taught. We're going to help you understand a price paid for you guys. How many say amen? So no one died in vain. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't die in vain? How many could say amen to that today? Well, you say, Pastor Pat, you're, you're acting like you're running for president. No, no, I just say we need to pray for our president. Those in position. Well, I don't like this or that. It doesn't matter whether you like the person. It says pray for the position. 
Amen? So look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm an American. And then say, above that, I'm glad I'm a Christian. Amen? Turn to Hebrews chapter 10 with me today. Hebrews chapter 10. God bless America. Let's look at what the Word says. Hebrews chapter 10. And let, let's look at what God says. I'm just, just going to title our time in the Word today, D-Day. Because I believe that's where we're... How many can believe that? How many believes America's in a very pivotal place? How many believes there's a lot of confusion? And I'm not making fun, but I want to tell you something. Our little kids, if you leave them alone, they'll find the right bathroom door. If you leave them alone. The Bible talks about in the last days, seducing spirits will be loosed upon the earth. There is seducing and confusing and deceiving spirits loosed upon the earth. And look at what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at what it says, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's start in verse, verse 19. It says, Therefore, brethren, having, having boldness and to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living sacrifice, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Thank God Jesus' flesh became the veil. His death, burial, and resurrection allowed us to enter in. We have a new high priest. And having been a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Aren't you glad we can live before God in grace? And let us hold fast the confession or the profession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. I think uh, Cody did a great job today with uh, uh, exhorting between songs about if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't look good, God's still on the throne and we're still winning. Amen? Amen. We're not going to be moved by what we see, what we hear, what we feel. We're only going to be moved by the word of God. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. You know, the Bible says hope will anchor us through the storms. There's a song written, the anchor holds. How many can believe that? And let us consider one another. Look at this, verse 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Consider. I want you to turn to the person on the left and say, you know what, you're going to finish strong. You're going to do all God's got for you to do. You're going to finish your masterpiece. Everybody do that right now. Turn right to them and say that. You're going to finish strong. I'm going to encourage you. Praise God. Now turn to the person on the right and say, it's only just begun. Now here's, here's what we fight. Anybody 16 and above, stand up. If you're 16 and above, stand up. If you can. <laughs> and if you can't, we'll help you. And look around here, 16 and above. Now watch this. How many's ever had the thought, how many's ever had the thought, I just need to throttle back and sit in a chair and rock and eat Oreos? How many, besides me? Okay, I'll change it. How many's ever had the thought, watermelon? I'll just sit and rock and eat watermelon. How many knows you can't, watch this, you can't find the word retire in the Bible. You can't find the word retire. No, you mean I got to work this job till I No, no, no. I, I think God will adjust us in our work. But I want to tell you something. We can work stronger and smarter and more efficient now because we've all went off the wrong exit a few times. We've all been lost a few times. But we have experience now of what not to do and what to do, and now we can, here's the key, work through others. 
work through others. Great leadership works through others. So I want to challenge everybody 60 and above here today that your life is not finished. Thank you, Miss Faye, for getting up. And how many appreciates Miss Faye getting up there? And, God, I go to I go to pastor seminars and pastor meetings. I said, "You got any 80 year olds on the platform?" Well, no. I said, "Well, that's one that's one reason you struggle with your older people." Huh. Well, they'll swell up like a bloating frog for a minute, and they'll think about it. Because some churches teach once you get 30, you can't be in front of people. Oh, they lose the wisdom train. But anyway, I won't get on that today. We need each other. But I want to encourage you to think differently. I want to encourage you when the thought comes, the best is behind you. I want to encourage you that hope will be released to you that your best days are ahead. I want to pray. Father, I thank you for all of us 16 above today in this room. And I come against the deceiving spirits that come to bring thoughts and ideas that it's all over, we're all finished. Father God, I thank you for General Eisenhower at his age that led these allied forces. I'm glad he didn't. But prior, three months prior to this, he wanted to quit. Thank you, Father, he didn't quit. Thank you, Father, we won't quit. Thank you, Father, you haven't quit on us. And our best days are ahead. Doors are going to open. And we're going to do it together as we invoke hope to each other. And everybody said amen. Y'all can be seated and look at your neighbor and say, let's go to Waffle House after this is over. Amen. Amen. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, you know, when we do things together. Let's get back to the scripture. Let us not consider one another in order. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Have you ever been around somebody that stirs up good works in you? Have you ever been around somebody that stirs up hope in you? Have you ever been stirred around you? When you leave them, you just, you get excited. You think you can do what you never could do. You think you could accomplish things you never could. Years ago, it used to be Brooke would say, well, I guess you and, you and Pastor Dave spent a day together. I said, yeah, how'd you know? So would you just come home with ideas and slobbering about doing this and that? And that's how we live. I mean, we just think about it. We just do. And we just, because it's in us, it's in us to be creative and it's in us to move forward. Verse 25, this is the key. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Do you know, do you know there's Sunday morning demons that try to keep people from coming to church? They poke, so well, you've worked all week. You need a day to yourself. And they'll say, well, you're too tired to get out of bed. Isn't it amazing we have to get out of bed to go to work? And, and I always like the rainy demon. The ra oh, it's raining. You can't go to church. How many say amen? How many's ever sat in a concert in the rain, sat in a ball game in the rain? How many's ever had to work in the rain? For whatever reason, my dad didn't believe rain stopped much working. Now, it stopped bailing hay, stopped raking hay, doing that kind of stuff. But, boy, he just... Uh, He's like somebody else I know. He'd build fence in the rain. But anyway, I forgave my dad, and I still love rain. Here's what it says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, not forsaking coming together in our large services, in our small groups, in our meetings, in prayer, as is the manner already of some. Now, this is almost 2,000 years ago this written. People are already finding excuses not to come together. They're already finding excuses just less than 100 years out of Christ, his crucifixion of not coming to church. And listen, listen guys, the church is just like a family. I've heard people say this, why well, come to church if there weren't any hypocrites in there? I said, you might as well come on and join the rest of us. <laughs> why well, go to church? Yeah, that, there's excuses. How many knows there's excuses for everything? How many amen? And how many knows we do what we want to do? But I believe a lot of people don't get involved in church because they don't see a purpose in their life. They don't see where they can hook up. 
They don't see where they can be joined together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us, Paul tells us explicitly that everyone has a purpose and a place. He said the hand is needed, the eye is needed, the foot is needed, the innermost parts are needed. We're all needed. We're all needed to work together. This allied thing was a tremendous thing. I wrote down some things I just want to go over with you this morning about this allied force. Aren't you glad that we got involved in that war? Let me just say this to you. It, it really wasn't involving us over here. We're way over here, ocean apart. It was internally in Europe, in the continent of Europe, and he was running through things. Hitler, demon-possessed leader, who actually thought he was doing something for God. Did you know you can be completely confused and think you're doing something from God and be right off the course? He thought he was put on this earth to destroy the Jewish people because he believed the Jewish people crucified the Christ. No, Father God crucified his son so we could be free. And he did that so you and I could be redeemed. But this man was demon-possessed. How many believes that? And I mean, kill, kill, kill. Not only, not only the six million Jews that were killed in, 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 in the war and in the Holocaust and all those things, but all the... Anyway, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some. In other words, no more excuses, but exhorting one another exhorting one another. I want you to turn to somebody right now and exhort them about being in church this morning, about following God. Find somebody and exhort them right now. Tell them. Tell them. Come on, do that. Y'all act like you're at an eighth grade. Y'all act like you're in an eighth grade dance. Anybody ever go to an eighth grade dance? Everybody just sits around the perimeter and watches each other. And the girls want the boys to talk and the boys want the girls to talk. And if one fool kid jumps out and starts dancing, well, here they go. Let's don't be like an eighth grade dance. Let's participate. Let's dance. Let's dance with the Lord. Let's dance in freedom. Let's dance in hope. Listen, I honestly believe God's going to have revival in this eight, eight county area here. I believe this is going to be a revival station here for the state of Kentucky. I believe a move of God has already started here with you and me. I'm just looking for people to get on the boat. I'm just looking. And you know what? Let's burn the boats of being comfortable, being apathetic being mediocre. Let's burn those boats and let's finish this thing strong for the Lord. How many say amen? amen? Let's see people saved and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost and let's have these kids leave with hope instead of pity. Oh, I'm sorry you're born in this time, honey. People don't know what bathroom to go to. People are marrying the same type of people. I'm not sorry. You know what? God put you here on purpose and you're going to do fine and you're going to live strong and you're going to accomplish everything God has for you. We need to tell the young ones that like we tell us old people that. We win. We can't get caught up in what we're seeing and what we're hearing. And let me tell you this. The enemy's voice is magnified through a small percentage of people who won't shut up. They will not shut up. They will put their money behind what they believe and they keep pushing it. I say, church, wake up. I say church, become the church. I say church, we live beyond being the church and we follow in what God has us to do and we take back the land God has given unto us. Starting with our homes. Starting with our schools. Starting with our businesses. Starting with our colleges. I've got, a, I've got some bucket list things and you know, I'm just throwing them out there for the Lord. One of them standing on the sideline with the Bengals coach and one day just pretend I'm a pro football coach. That's kind of a carnal thing, but whatever. 
it stirs me up. I'll tell you another one. A redneck kid, well, not a kid anymore, a redneck from a small country-type farming community in northern, north-central Kentucky. I'd like to stand one day in the, in the halls of Harvard, Yale, and Princeton and ask them, why did you get off base? This was a seminary to teach men and women how to preach and live for Christ. And how did you get off base? And I want to tell you something. I think we can recalibrate and get it back fixed again. I'd like to do that one time. Would you like to do that? Would you like to be able to do that somewhere? Amen? I mean, you know, they, they talked about the ones who followed Jesus, and they said, well, some of them are unlearned. I'm kind of unlearned educationally. I believe in education, but I don't believe education should override a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know where we're at today? We've moved from revelation into reasoning. The whole world wants to reason everything out. I like the way mom used to put it. You don't have to know the why. You just know I won't warm up your little hind end if you, dis you disobey me. <laughs> you ain't ready for the why. You know, I'm for people understanding things, but sometimes it's just obeying. Amen? I tell you what, a kid gets out there in the middle of that road and cars and steel trucks are running by. It's not a time to debate and discuss. It's a time to obey quickly. And when God speaks, it's a time to react quickly. It's a time to say yay is yay and no is no and move. How many say amen? And when God is speaking to us, it's what he's doing. He's encouraging us. It says not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so, so much as the more we see the day, our D-Day is coming, the day approaching. How many knows Jesus is coming back? Amen? Turn to Isaiah chapter 5 with me. Isaiah chapter 5. Well, Pastor Pat, you're kind of stirred up. You can blame Jesus and Sandy Wilhoyt, and I don't care what order. I want America stirred up again. I want America understanding it's not about law and keeping rules living for Jesus. It's a relationship, and he knows what pain we're going through. Listen, I want to encourage you today, you and me fighting different kinds of pain, physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, pain of loss. Find someone else you can help them through their pain and watch God heal your pain as you do that. And I'll tell you, we'll be as the lepers, we'll be healed as we go. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, look what it says. Isaiah ch uh, chapter 5, verse 20. Here's where we're at, guys. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. How many knows that's where we're at? Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's exactly where we're at as a nation right now. That's where we're at. Listen, guys, how many's ever heard the old thing, you put a frog in a kettle and slowly heat it up, he won't know he's cooking until it's too late. How many say amen? I say let's wake up as the church. Let's recalibrate. Let's reset. Let's go back to a place where every, listen, 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 guys, listen. I, I know I'm excited. It's okay, I'm supposed to be excited. Politicians are supposed to come out of the church, not politicians invading the church. Let me say it again. God has called men and women to be politicians, filled with his grace, anointed of his spirit, covered in his blood, to set and direct and manage what we are supposed to live by. They're not supposed to bring their ideals who don't line up with the Word of God into the church. 
Okay. How can I say it any plainer? As long as I'm breathing, there will not be a rainbow flag anywhere in this building. You understand that? As long as I'm living, there's not going to be a same-sex marriage. Because it's for the word's sake, Jesus said, persecution comes. Listen, it's not for what you and I stand for. When we teach and preach and live the word in love, it's for the word's sake persecution and tribulation comes. I'm not, and there's other things. Listen, guys, sin is sin is sin. We're just talking about some. There's also sin of being greedy. That's not easily recognized. There's also sin of whatever, eating too much. How many say amen? But there's certain sins that absolutely violate the cause of Christ. I, I'm not against anyone. I love everyone. But I tell you what, I'm tired of stuff being rammed down my throat just because a Christian's supposed to sit there and grin. I'm tired of it. Anybody else tired of it? Are, you tired, are, are we being vocal in love about it and saying, no, stops right here, not on my watch. Amen? I remember Dad held the plate up once. I don't know what happened to me. I went home with somebody who wasn't raised on the farm, great people, but he didn't have anything to do after school. So after school every day, uh, he'd come home and his mom fixed him a ham and cheese sandwich with potato chips and a Pepsi, and my God, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. So we came home, and I'm, I'm thinking, we got to have chores, we got to have stuff to do. So she fixed me a big sandwich and, and potato chips and a big Pepsi, and she had some cake made. And I said, well, we ate that. I said, what do we do now? He said, we go to the basement and watch TV. I said, oh, this is heaven. This must be what heaven's like. There ain't no hogs. There's no cattle. I don't hear mom saying, change your clothes and go help your daddy. I was going, my God. So we went downstairs, and here's the case. He lived in the basement. His room had no windows. Complete dark. He turned on TV. I said, you do this every day? I said, yeah. I said, man, don't you get tired of being in the dark? He goes, no. Don't you get tired of being in the dark, church? Don't we get tired of people pushing darkness on us? We got people wanting to blend this and blend that with Christianity. I'm telling you guys, this is the book, this is the playbook. Well, I don't like it, and I'm, I don't like you talking about it. I'm sorry, take it up with Jesus and Sandy Wilhoy. And Sandy will be at the door with me. I'm just kidding, Sandy. I'm just aggravating Sandy. Take it up with those people that their graves are over there in Normandy. Take it up with those 17, 18, and 19-year-old boys that paid that price. You know, the, the, the Juno Beach was easy, the Gold Beach was easy, but when they got to Omaha, it wasn't too easy. And, you know, I want God to remind me of that, not in shame, not in condemnation, but somebody paid it. We're all standing on somebody's shoulders. You know, I'm thankful for my grandparents that worked and paid a price to buy some land. And my dad did the same thing with mom. You know, I got a, I got a place to call home. How many say amen? I'm thankful. They're not here, but I'm still thankful. Here's what the word says. Look what it says, Isaiah 5. It says, verse 21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. How many knows true wisdom comes from the Lord? Verse 22, Woe to men and women mighty at drinking wine. Here we go again. One, one, of the big, one of the biggest frustrations in the church today is should we drink, not drink, how much drink, this, that drink. There's 160 or 66 scriptures that talk preferably about alcohol. And nowhere in there is it said you take a drink, you go into hell. So anybody wants to live by that rule, you've got to keep the other 456 laws. 
So, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you from both sides of my family, alcohol didn't do good. It's like a truckload of rattlesnakes. I got grandparents, aunts and uncles, great aunts and uncles. I got all kinds of people where, where the rattlesnake of alcohol, they couldn't handle it and shorten their life. I got one great uncle, had three wives, and none of them showed up for the funerals. Only eight of us there. None of his kids showed up. Are you judging your uncle, great uncle? No, I'm just telling you, alcohol beat him. So as for me in my house, I don't need to fool with it. How many say amen? Let me ask you this question. Uh, and again, there's, there's other sins, guys. Don't, I'm not just hammering alcohol. It can be anything. But listen, what do you think if Pastor Pat went down and put his hand around a, a long neck Bud Light tomorrow at hometown? How many thinks with Instagram and Facebooking? How many knows Pastor Pat is toast? How many knows God wouldn't see me that way? But how many knows everybody else would? How many say amen? I just can't afford to do it. I just can't afford to be a stumbling block. I'm working on other things. I'm losing a little weight. I'm eating a little better. How many say amen? Some of us were grown, we were taught, we were rewarded with food. You worked hard all day and you came into Cracker Barrel. That's why I like Cracker Barrel, but I don't get excited because that's what I had every day, Cracker Barrel. Two meats, four vegetables, a cake, and a pie. How many say amen? It's just a good history for a fat man to be made. Let's go ahead. It says, verse 23, who justify the wicked for a bribe. Look at this. How many things are moved by money today? Let me stop here and just insert this. Let's all leave here with at least one thing today. Money is not evil. Oh, that's scriptural. No, the love of money is evil. Money's a tool. Money's like water. It's like food. We got to have it. We got to use it. And that's why Jesus spent a lot of time talking about being a steward of good money. Understanding how to use it for kingdom purposes. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says about God wants to give us wealth to establish the covenant. Guys, we want to start churches all over the state of Kentucky. It's going to take talent. It's going to take treasure. It's going to take people. Good news. The good news is you don't have to stay the way you are. How many say amen? The good news, you can be all in. All your chips in. All your fears. All your prides. All your doubts. All your faith. I love it when they go all in. I don't mind going all in when I got the word to back me up because I know I'm going to win. Look at your neighbor and say you're a winner. Look at verse 20, 24, uh, 23. Who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. Verse 24, therefore as fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, so the root will be as rottenness, so their blossom will ascend like dust. Basically, God is telling us we have to have a foundation of God's love and His Word and who we are in Christ to establish a root system. That's why Brother Frank's teaching the authority of the believer on Wednesday night in that small group. When we understand who we are and what we have in our authority, in Christ, our root system will grow so our fruit won't overtake us. You know why people who win the lotto, 83% of all people who win large lottoes, 10 million and above, they're broke within five years? They have no foundation of how to handle the money. And first of all, when you get money by quick gain like that, you're going to have problems anyway. That's what the Bible says. Pastor Pat, you're telling me my scratch-offs, and I'm, I'm telling you, let the Holy Ghost lead you, there's a better way. And I'm talking to you from an old veteran. I used to bet horses. I used to, is Dooley here? Well, anyway, 
I used to bet our farm account on horses, pole, dooley, and everything. Now, whoever tells him today, because we never won anything. But anyway, I wasn't very good at handicapping. But God showed me a better way. Ties and offering and seed. And when I know as a farmer, when you sow seed, you're going to get multiples back. I know one grain of corn planted, fertilized correctly in the right soil, with the right water, with the right temperature and climate. I know that has the, the capability of producing two ears, uh, mostly sometimes one, but two ears. And one, one, one uh, ear of corn will anywhere from 500 to 650 grains. Two would be anywhere from 1,000 to 1,300. That's a pretty good exchange for your seed. Amen? You say, Pastor Pat, who got you stirred up? Jesus and Sandy. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4 with me. How many loves America? Stop talking bad about her. Stop talking bad about this country that's been raised up by God next to Israel to accomplish great things. This country was raised up to send the gospel around the world. This country was raised up to be the forerunner of the ship of sending the many ships of missionaries around the world. We've got off course, we've got off base, but our God can reset us back to a place where we need to be and there can be a revival from coast to coast, from border to border, if we'll just believe and take our place. Be the eye, be the foot, be the finger, be the liver, be whatever God's called you to be. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse 1. But we know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. How many knows we're there? For men will be lovers of themselves. They quit counting people taking selfies falling off the Grand, Canton, Grand Canyon. I'm not against selfies, guys. Take pictures. But my God, don't stand on the edge of getting yourself killed to get a good shot. How many say amen? I know everybody's thinking, whatever Pastor Pat ate this morning, I pray he won't eat it next Sunday morning. No. I haven't had a thing to eat but a piece of lemon cake, and it's pretty good back there. Anyway, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Look at this. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents. Oh, how many's ever walked the aisles of Kroger and wanted to help somebody and spank that child for them? How many say amen? I just want to offer my services for about five minutes. I have a couple scriptures. But I tell you what, I would love to help you understand the power of a good godly spanking. Anybody with me? Well, I don't, I don't believe in spanking. Well, you don't believe in the Bible. You don't believe in the Bible. Well, you're for going around beating kids. No. There's some, there's some people have a little more mule in them at an early age. It has to be driven out. How many say amen? Anybody ever raise a strong-willed child? Anybody ever help raise a strong-willed grandchild? You can't convince them sometimes with words. Mom used to grab both sides of my head and said, listen to me. Listen to me. Well, I said, I'm listening to you. You're right in my face, Mom. Said, you don't seem to be getting what I want you to do. Okay, I said, what's the next, the next step? Go get you a willow switch. I hate willow trees to this day. First Willis switch I ever got was old and broken. First two licks broke it in half. The second one she went and got, and it was green and wrapped around you like a garden hose. How many say amen? <laughs> she'd spin you like a top. And then she'd read a scripture to you as she's doing it. But you know what? Without my mother and my dad, I would have had no foundation in God. None. But thank God for that. How many say amen? And you kids are saying, thank God Pastor Pat's not my grandfather. Amen. <laughs> Number three, I said to be unthankful. 
How many people are unthankful today? Unholy, unloving, unforgiving. This is just where we're, we're, this is going to happen, guys. We can't stop this, but we can turn the tide of its effects. This is the end times. It says unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Do you ever notice some people just can't stand to hear anything good? They have to bring negativity to it. They just can't. Listen, some of us in here have a hard time taking a compliment because we wasn't taught our values as a child. And when someone tells us you're good, you've done a good job, we duck our heads like we're ashamed. God wants you to accept the goodness and grace he's put on the inside of you. Your skills and your ability, he put those things there. And that's why we have gifts of hospitality, gifts of mercy, we have gifts of goodness. We all have different gifts that we're gifted in from heaven. And this mirror will reveal to you who you are and how much God loves you. Look what also it says. It says, having um, traitors, headstrong, haughty, verse 4, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And man, we're a pleasure-seeking country, and God wants us to have pleasure, but not to supersede, not to supersede a relationship with God. Does that, that, everybody understand that? Because the true pleasure in life comes from relationship with God. Then you really can enjoy whatever pleasure God gives you in this life. And it says, verse 6, verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such, from such people turn away. For of this sort, and those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. It goes on and talks about taking care of your own business and doing all of those things. And, and I just want to end here, if you give me just a couple minutes, and, of what really happened at D-Day and how you and I can become D-Day now, you know. The things that happened um, on, on that beach and all the things that went on. First of all, there was 12 allied nations fighting together. 12 allied nations fighting. Guys, we the church have to come together. We need to quit making fun of our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, our Episcopal brothers and sisters. We need to quit making fun of the Nazarene, the, the born-again Catholics. Well, there are born-again Catholics. I know some. Now, a lot of that stuff's goofy. And you, you ain't going to get nowhere praying to Mary. That's like the guy parking the car out front. He ain't going to pay for your meal at the restaurant. Mary, God bless her. She was chosen by God. She was honored by God. She is not anywhere equal to Christ. Everybody get that? But I'm telling you, we got all kinds of brothers and sisters, and that's what it's going to take for us to take this thing back. Twelve allied nations provided, that provided fighting units. That included Australia, Belgium, Canada, Czechoslovakia, France, Greece, Netherlands, Norway, Poland, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, and the United States. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, he led that. And listen to this, listen to this. Less than 15% of all Allied forces, everyone coming in on ships, all the paratroopers, thousands that landed ahead, everybody involved, less than 15% had ever been in a battle. Now you think about the hearts of those young men racing. And all those, there was eight, there was 4,000 amphibious, those assault things that carried them through the water, dropped that big thing down, here they went. Right into the teeth of the most advanced fighting machine the world had ever seen. And they did that because two reasons, I believe. They loved their country, they loved their families, they loved where they came from, and they loved their God. Now, I don't know if every boy was 
had a relationship with God or whatever, but I guarantee you, I promise you this, if you're heading to that and you know what's coming, I, guess, I bet you there's a whole lot of salvation prayers on those boats. How many say amen? And those paratroopers falling through the sky, hanging there, you know, just for, for shots to be taken. There's 5,000 vessels transporting all kinds of men, machinery, tanks, 4,000 smaller landing crafts. There was 11,000 aircraft involved in this one-day push to push darkness back. One day, these nations came together. Eisenhower threatened to quit just months before D-Day because he got into it with Winston Churchill. Hitler thought he was ready, but he had the defenses at the wrong places. The key early parts of the invasion didn't go well. Poor weather, paratroopers dropped in wrong places, bombers did not take out the pathway to defeat Omaha Beach, and they lost a whole shipload of tanks. Fell over in the ocean. I want to encourage you when it's not going good, and the spiritual weather doesn't look good, and it doesn't look, it looks like you just lost your load of tanks, I want to encourage you, God's in it, God will hold to you, and you will win this thing if you don't give up and don't quit on God. And I am believing for the church, you and me, to go to the next level. And I'm believing we're going to Take back what God has given unto us. There was a hero on Omaha Beach, which they all were heroes. It was a black medic who treated over 200 men single-handedly and lived to talk about it. His name was Waverly Woodson. The historians are still calculated how many actually died. It's all over the board. They know at least 2,500 of our boys died. But that day, the Allied troops won more than a victory on the beaches of Normandy, which stretched for 50 miles, they turned the tide of the war. So when you hear evil being promoted above good, when you hear people putting things that are full of darkness and anti-God above good, I want you to know that if you'll take your stand, hold your stand, and take your place in what God's called us to do, and live with the grace and the power of God, we will see the war won. And I believe God's not through with America. And I know there's some scripture where people say, well, this and that about the eagle. I tell you what, I know that. I'm not defying that or not refuting that. I just tell you this. I know my God is a forgiving God. And I know he's a restoring God. And I know God will honor what God has already seen done through this nation to turn this world to God. I'm just asking you and me together, let's begin D-Day. Father, I just ask you today, I hope I was able to convey, Lord, your heart Anything just full of me, I repent of it, Lord. But I love you and I love this nation and I love what you started here, Lord. I love how you created a country based on your word and your instruction and developed a governmental system that worked for the people, by the people, and ran by the people. Father God, I thank you that you're the... I, I proclaim you as the head of this nation. I love, we love everyone, any of us that are fighting sin, but we hate to sin. And we're going to love and live and teach and preach and more importantly, live righteously as we can. And we're going to love people in the kingdom, but we're not going to stop. We're going to take the beaches of confusion, deception, sin, and bondage. And we're going to do it with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. He said amen. He said amen.